1: up to my favourite part. <laughs> the Swans, Sydney Swans. Do you want to start? And then I'll just ramble. Who's your player to watch in my favourite team? I, I've i perked up now. Yeah.
2: It's, uh, I was watching some of the JLT highlights today and was really impressed with Ali's rucking and Ali at the moment. And uh, thought that that's going to be a really... Him just growing and growing, I think it's really exciting. And we say, Oh, there's so many players that are more suited to the six 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 and mm. I think it might be a really great yeah. um, f- spot for him to be able to his physicality and his athleticism and just the things that make him such a like a marvel to watch, um, will lean towards his favour. So, um, you know, his not only him as a player and his haircut stand out, but um yeah, I'm I'm keen just to kind of see what next level maybe maybe he's at a level where he can pull an all Australian squad nomination. Um that obviously depend on the rest of the team around him as well. But yeah. um, you know, I think he's he's just a mammoth of a man and it's just <laughs> always amazing to watch.
1: So I have Tom Papley. Um he's had his first actual full pre season in his whole career, so mm. Um, obviously the, when he first got picked up as a rookie, he was, the rookie draft was still in January or whenever it was, he was the last pick. I think he was the last listed player that year or something like that. So that he didn't really get a full pre-season and then last year he had those injuries with his calf and his Achilles, I think. So he didn't get a pre-season last year either and missed the start of the season. He's finally got that and the fitness to be able to run through the midfield and he just has provided another layer to what Sydney's midfield mm. can be because I think when people think of Sydney's midfield they think of strong contested ball players they don't think of any speed or anything yeah and I think this is where a lot of people are underestimating the Swans and many feelings about that but his ability to run through the pack and break it and I've likened his clearance ability in the pre-season to what Karen Paxman was doing at Melbourne this yep. season running, just charging through the packet speed, clean collection of the ball, and then an efficient entry into 50. And if he can continue to do that, he's going to be really damaging, particularly with the new format, um, structuring, but also just adding that other kind of dynamic thing to Sydney's midfield. He really complements what the other players are able to do. Um, And it's kind of what we've been expecting him to be able to do for the past two years, but now he's finally at the level... Body wise, that he can actually perform it. So yeah. I'm really excited to see that happen. Um, yeah.
2: To go another name on that, mm-hmm. um, obviously, you know, the Sydney players much better than I do. So some of them I'm kind of like, okay. Uh, but I know we spoke a bit about Ben Ronke as well in his first season,
1: who laid seven ta- uh, 10 tackles and seven goals in his third ever game. Don't forget the tackles. No player's ever done that before in AFL history.
2: Do you think that he will... Where do you think he will fit? He's still a small forward for Sydney, which you, is great. Well, he's not, he's not, he's not going to grow three feet in...
1: No, but he'll still remain... He's not going to... He spent a little bit of time pressing up the field last year, but I think we've moved further up the field. Ronk will sit more forward, I think.
2: Do you think he'll have... Still have some great... Um, you know, that we've mentioned so many times about second year Blues. Do you think he will be able to push through that? How do you think he'll sit with those numbers and potentially being up to a, you know, your Tom Mitchell-esque in three to five years as he fills out, grows and develops? Do you think he'll kind of push that or do you think he's going to be a bit more ebb and flow and kind of sit just below that top tier of Sydney players?
1: Ronk, I think um, he dropped off a little bit towards the end of last year, got a bit tired. He was a rookie still.
2: Mm, Of course, Um, expected, played 20 20 of the games, so that's yeah. a healthy amount for first He season. laid
1: something like 77 tackles in the season. Sorry,
2: 18, season. I should
1: clarify. Yeah. So he...
2: 71 tackles. 71 20, yeah.
1: tackles, yeah. Sorry. So, stats are a little bit off. Um,
2: I had to use a computer to know that, so like, you're doing better <laughs> than I am. But.
1: He... I think he's a really dangerous player because he does what we love Sydney players do. Mm. Uh, that English wasn't right, but you understand what I mean. <laughs> um Plays the game both ways. So he's attacking, but defensively. And that's why I'm so strong when people talk about that Hawthorne game. I'm so strong on the fact that he also laid 10 tackles that game. He didn't just kick seven goals. He laid 10 tackles, two of which resulted in his goals because he caused a hold in the ball call or something like that. So his tenacity, which is what we saw Papley do in his first season, maybe not to the burst out um, impressive nature that Ronk did but I think his tenacity is going to hold the forward line in good stead. And with tall options consistently healthy this year, the inclu- yep. like Tom McCartan being stronger, uh, better for having played those 15 games last year, youngest player in the game, holding down centre-half forward in a, real, a finals team. Yep. Um, Blakey will no doubt get games this year. Buddy, obviously, hopefully will be right for longer this season. And then mm-hmm. Reed looks really strong. Him being at their feet, is going to be so damaging to other teams because their connection is really strong. Mm. And then you think about Haywood in that forward line as well, who seems to have all the time in the world and is a really good contested mark for a smaller guy. That sort of stuff, I think that forward combination will be much better off for the year they had last year. Um, but I don't I don't see Ronk dropping off because I think he had that drop-off late last year.
2: Yeah, kind of faded out a little bit just in...
1: Yeah, sorry, i got to be off-topic. No, no, that's okay. Um, I was to you... say,
2: my other aim, I don't really have a specific player for out of favour, mm. um, partially because...
1: I've you didn't been... want to offend me?
2: <laughs> I was worried about what you might throw <laughs> across me.
1: No, I think it's a hard one to pick in the Sydney team.
2: But I also have another name for... I'm also interested to see how Nick Blakely... Blakey Blakey Yeah Yeah. uh, Having seen Highlights of his um, TAC And kind of Him post draft I'm really excited to see what He could offer Obviously he may be Three games, he may be 15 games before he gets Guernsey because obviously Sydney's got a...
1: Well, they're talking him up like he's debuting in round one. Um, I think he probably pushes Tom McCartan out of side mm. early because McCartan's dealing with some injury stuff. The thing about Blakey, well, there's two things about him that I, I'm really, really liking. One, or three, sorry. One is his attack at the ball in the air, mm. even if he can't take the mark you he- always creates a contest because he's really athletic. He always gets to the contest. He's never left lagging behind his defender. Um, His cleanliness below his knees, his ability with a one-touch pickup and stuff like Mm. that for a really big guy is incredibly impressive, and it's the reason he was touted as such an important player in the draft. Um, So that, brilliant. And then his accuracy from the set shot. So in the preseason between the game that... Sydney organized with GWS.
2: Yeah, to have a scratch match.
1: Yeah, and then the two JLT. I think I saw him, I, it's not the exact number, but I think I saw him take about 10 set shots. He did not miss one. Great. Right. His accuracy, and that's something that Sydney sorely misses. Mm. Funny Pun how, intended. Fun intended. Funny how both of my teams, uh, Melbourne in the women's and Sydney in the men's, suck in front of goal, but otherwise are great. Mm. Um So I think that is going to be a really steadying influence and his ability to go into JLT on some really solid defenders. I know JLT doesn't mean heaps, but I think his ability to go to that level at least and not be shaky. He wasn't involved in the game really significantly, consistently throughout it, but he had patches where he stepped up, had an influence and maybe was doing those things that didn't bring stats in. But he was able to get his teammate involved, or he had a goal assistant or yeah. things like that. But then, yeah, accuracy in front of goal was important.
2: Yeah. I'm excited for him and, and Sorry. seeing where because he—I can't remember the name—is dad, But he came in as a father son. Well, a roundabout.
1: John Blakey. So he had three options. He could go. He could choose North as a father son.
2: He That's could. The one. He yeah. could
1: choose Brisbane as a father son. Yep. Or he was at the Swans Academy.
2: That's right. Yep.
1: So he chose Sydney because he's been around the players. He knew them all already. His dad is the coach. It Made sense. Yep. Pissed a lot of people off. Made me very happy. I think it's very funny. No,
2: I think I think he's probably made a really good decision. And if you're a forward, a tall forward,
1: mm.
2: nearly two hundred centimeter forward,
1: well, they think you're going to be going to, to be a midfielder eventually, which is crazy.
2: He's he's the same height as a as a Patrick Cripps
1: is. Yeah, he's just so, so like he just looks really gangly, but. I was really impressed with his ability to cleanly pick up the ball below his knees and then under pressure execute the disposal.
2: That's where someone like, and it's obvious, obvious, like your buddy Franken, will be able to, fingers crossed, really be able to, if if he's that sort of player now and being a tall forward, that wants to be able to push up, Mm. then you've got a great role model right there to be able to, you know, learn off one of the best players of the modern game. Yeah. Um, And I
1: think he'll compliment what Reed's able to do. Um, He'll compliment and the smalls will work really well around him. mm. Um, But I still strongly believe in Tom McCartan. We know that by the badge on my scarf. (laughs) Um, I hope that Blakey performing well and potentially getting early games doesn't spell the end for McCartan's senior games this season. Yep. I hope we still see McCartan up there because he was really um, put a, put a, up a really good performance for what he was able to do mm-hmm. last year in the circumstances. Um, player to fall out of favour, I didn't want to choose a fringe player that doesn't really get games because it it's a bit of a cop out, but if I did that, I'd probably say James Rose. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm surprised he's still on the list. Uh, he just can, he's great at Niffl level, but he's never able to perform when it comes to the senior level. That,
2: that level is is yeah that, um, that ceiling. Yeah, of, I'm I'm interested to see. And you know the story was last year of twenty minute buddy, of twenty minute. You know, but you know you also then
1: still kick fifty seven goals.
2: Yeah, you you contrast that with uh, you know your Michael Tuck, who wouldn't who hardly trained, yeah, and your Shane Crawford who trains guts out and look who lasted forever. So yeah. like. But I'm interested to see how, not so much on the field because it speaks for himself, but just the around the non 120 minutes, hundred of minutes of game time when he's not playing in terms of his how his injuries, if any, how his just how his body will hold up. Because
1: mm. well, I think Sydney are very cautious of it, mm. and that's why he only trained for 20 minutes last season. Like things like that, they're they're pretty smart about it. I love. That Sydney's been hinting all week that he's going to play round one, but not outright coming out and saying it. I love that they do that stuff.
2: Uh, and again, that's not to take anything away from him, but it's like, how do you, how how will that sit? How will how will Buddy go? Will he have a? Um, I think was it this year? He's like had a, had a dip this last year in terms of goals. I was looking at it yesterday. His goals wasn't as great as the year before. It was kind of definite.
1: We played less games. Less-
2: as his, and his average was, was lesser than... But then you look at something like the big run down the wing that he did. I've forgotten who that was against off the top of my head. But,
1: Adelaide. It was Daniel Talia.
2: Um, and you're like, that's that's as good as ever.
1: But stuff like the GWS game at um, at Spotless mm. late last year as well. Like He can still do that stuff. Uh, he's getting up the ground more because they're clearly trying to get those young players' time in that forward line. So mm. it's about how they play him as well. He's clearly leading that young forward line really strongly. Mm. They all have a lot of respect for him. Yeah. That obviously they love playing with him, but also it's not. It doesn't come across as all about him. It's yep. about him teaching them, and that's part of the reason he got the All Australian yeah. captaincy and things like that. So the more
2: that I've read about that, the more I've understood why. But at first, like this is a very confusing. Yeah. Situation, but I'm interested to see you know where how often they will. You know, whether he'll play every game, whether they'll selectively rest him for easy games. Yeah, to make and potentially, sure
1: that- and I would never have no issue with that because Reid's in a position at the moment to play a lot more football mm. this season. We had a lot more injuries last year. Yep. Sydney had a lot more injuries last year than I think people recognize. Mills obviously out, Naismith out for the season. Sinclair really stepped up. Melikan mm. um, out for the season. Aaliyah didn't come in until round six. It was
2: definitely later, yeah.
1: Um, Nick Smith out for a lot of the end of the season. He was out in that Melbourne he, game. And he didn't come got, back.
2: He's still got another month or so Which to Which is before. concerning
1: because, as I said about Melbourne, I don't know that Sydney have a small lockdown defender mm. other than maybe a Dane Rampey that can do that job. So I do worry about that. I think that's the biggest gap in the list. Yep. Um, maybe Zach Jones. But Zach Jones, you want him breaking the lines. You don't want him stuck in one spot, Mm. locking one player down. And and it showed in that final that we had no one to go to Toby Green. We had no one because Nick Smith wasn't in the side. So who's going to do that? Um,
2: Which game are you looking forward to most, both in our personal wanting to see and a team performance?
1: I... (laughs) <laughs> I have round 14 against Hawthorne mm-hmm. at the SCG um nice I rivalry there hate Hawthorne we know that I like I really just don't like Hawthorne as a club
0: Yeah.
1: Uh, um makes sense why my dad goes for Hawthorne no so it proves to be yep. entertaining um they're consistently really good but also really stressful games um they always end up coming down to the wire great both last year were a goal the two the year before were both a goal as well um the Ben Ronk game was one of them last year. Mm. You know, they always have something about them. Um, and it's the first time in a number of years that there's only one fixtured home and away game between Sydney and Hawthorne. Yeah, right. Usually we have the two. Yeah. Um, this year we've just got the one. So that, for me, uh, I think is a lot. Um, where? What game are you thinking?
2: <laughs> you laugh. I've got round 24. And that's <laughs> the against bye St week? Kilda. Why have I written 24? 23, 23? <laughs> I was so deep into, like... The pride match. The pride match, as we spoke about before. Why well, I don't know I write 24. But the reason I wrote that is because the way the SCG is looking at the moment, oh. it'll just be, it'll be a mud pit. It'll be terrible. It'll be a delightfully dirt-mud kind of match but against Sydney St Kilda. Sydney
1: plays well in the mud.
2: So it'll be interesting to watch on a ground that was worse than Eddie had circa two thousand. Um, for those not quite it's aware, it's really worse
1: than Metricon is in those storms.
2: <laughs> yeah, there's four codes being played on the SCG this season, so it's the, the footage of them trying to stomp the grass back down in that rugby so game was bad. was quite uh, quite a eye opening. So, um, good luck to you and your injuries.
1: Don't no, say that. No, Mind and it was of the Carlton final at um, at yeah Olympic Stadium. I
2: don't remember that game.
1: Where uh, Kate Simpson did his knee? Was that was that what it uh,
2: was? Uh, to be honest, I can't remember that. I say this every time. I I was blackout drunk by halftime. So, um,
1: um, where do you think they're going to finish?
2: I've got them fifth. Okay. I've got them making it. I think that, like we've spoken about before, there is just. A re- like we said with Geelong as well earlier, just a regular performing team. Uh, when I say regular, a consistently mm. performing team. And while there are a couple of names who are out for long-term injuries, there's a lot that are smaller and that will be right to go. And then with a few nice... I mentioned about um, Blakely. Um, Blakey. I keep saying his name Connor wrong.
1: Blakely plays for Freo.
2: But I think they'll, they're will they really good at...
0: Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.
2: Developing talent, really building that. So no doubt we'll see someone who has their breakout mm. year for Sydney and we're like, where did he come from? Oh, I just happened to come along from the Sydney development or from like they've been playing in the NEFL at a consistent level and they've brought oh, him in at the right time. he's played
1: for three seasons like George, two seasons like George Hewitt and then they finally realise he exists. Yep. Um, I have them five to eight people have been really, really bleak about the Swans this preseason. That's nothing new. Mm. Um, the joke amongst me and my Swan supporting friends is that it's not a proper preseason unless people are tipping Sydney to fall out of the eight. Um, the excuses have been, and I want to go through these because I think it's really, it's like a little bit disappointing when people who are paid to talk about football, we do it for fun. Um, but are people... not, we're not paid to do this? <laughs> people who are paid to talk about football have no idea. So one of the excuses I saw was that it's Sydney's aging list that's going to let them down. Sydney, I think, has the fourth or fifth youngest team in the competition. Um, they debuted the most, most or second most players of any team throughout 2016, 2017, mm. and 2018. So they've blooded a lot of young talent. And last year, a lot of the young guys got runs because we had so many injuries. So... yeah. The young core of Sydney's team has now got that experience, still made finals last year, did unceremoniously get knocked out, but still made it Mm. um, to come into this year with that experience, with another preseason, and ready, raring to go. Another thing I saw (laughs) was that the list is too young, can't do it. So it's either an aging list or it's too young. As I said, I think that young core has got everything going for it to be really damaging this season. The old guard of Grundy, JPK, Buddy, Nick Smith, they are really important guys to the team. Uh, But I think we have enough mid to to young kind of of that bracket to make up for it. So Heaney and Mills are freaks. They're going to be unbelievable this year. They're going to take that midfield kind of thing on their shoulders and run with it. Parker is at the peak of his power. He's a, such a powerful midfielder that is able to break out of that congestion. So yeah. he kind of relieves a lot of the pressure on Kennedy. And as I said, Hewitt is a really good contested ball winner. And I think he's won equal to, if not more, contested ball as Kennedy has in the past two seasons as well. So Hewitt is really important to taking a bit of the pressure off Kennedy. And then you've got players like Ronk, Papley, Haywood, Florent, all of them going through that team. Florent obviously being really clean and kind of agile through the middle. He may not be the quickest player, but he's able to cleanly handle the ball and move through that midfield without, while evading tackles. Mm. Um, then we've brought in players like Thurlow off that half-back line and Clark. And Clark's pretty much a like-for-like like replacement for Hanbury. Great runner, um, got shoulder injuries, can't dispose of the ball to save his life. So he'll be important in terms of uh, endurance of the team, but I think he needs to clean up his disposal a little bit. Thurlow, I'm really liking a lot more than what I expected. I wasn't pessimistic about him, but I didn't think he'd be an early inclusion, but based on JLT form, probably. Jones, I think he needs to clean up his disposal as well. He can be really damaging if he can hit his targets.
0: Up f- <laughs> yeah,
1: uh, Jaden Hunt all over again, isn't it? Yeah. But I think that there's a lot to like about Sydney's list, and people are being really pessimistic about it. Half of the time, it's like, well, they've got to drop out eventually, so maybe this year's going to be the year. I don't don't think think it's going to be the year.
2: I thought about that when I was putting my ladder together and thought, you know, it'd be great to see Sydney drop out as a non-Sydney supporter, but I don't see it happening at the moment. I think there's just too much going for it. And I think that kind of leads on to the next team as well, unless you've got another nugget No, I
1: I could keep going, but I'll wrap it up. Let's go to West Coast. Tell me who's your player to watch at West Coast.
2: I've got down Gaff mostly because just he's out with a massive point to prove that he's not
1: yeah a thug, th-
2: not a thug, and the hurt of him missing that grand final mm. will drive him to
1: another harder one. than
2: anybody else. Um,
1: him and Brad Shepherd, I reckon.
2: Yeah, and the, uh, and the other one I've got is if they can finally get Nick Nat going, mm. like he's like that car that you love <laughs> that just has that's always down. just spending money on yeah. Um, and you just want it to. Be, you want it to just go. You want it to just fly. You want it. You want him to just purr. Yeah. Um, but I'm. I'm. We've mentioned before that clip from from the grand final of him in the corner with just looking completely shattered. That not only is he not playing in this game, but that he couldn't be out there playing a a part which he would have. Mm. Um. So I just would love to see him. Just burn it up. Yeah. Um, in a team that I will put in top four, I'll put them at fourth.
1: you mm. have Melbourne at fourth.
2: Let me check my notes here. Uh, no, I have Melbourne at third. Okay. And West Coast at fourth.
1: Um, I have Dom Sheed. Mm. I think because he took a, that, that goal mm. and we all remember that goal Delightful. and it was unbelievable and we've seen he's been really dominant in pre season form. But I think the thing that a lot of people forget is that he was actually dro- dropped one or twice last yep. year. Once or twice. Um, his form wasn't great. So I think he's coming into this season knowing what it's like to be the star and wanting to replicate Getting it. that taste. So I expect him to take it up a whole other level this year. I think he's going to get a lot of the ball. I think yep. he uses it quite well. And yeah, I think he's going to be really good in a really good team this mm. year. And my player to fall out of favor, and it was a really hard one to pick because... I think West Coast have probably one of the deeper lists.
2: Absolutely. Um,
1: And Adam Simpson has developed that really well. I really like Adam Simpson. Um, But I've chosen Chris Marston purely because I think young players are going to go past him. Mm. That's the only reason.
2: Because there's a lot of, like, looking through their list and you kind of go, there's a lot of experience and there's a lot of fresh. Yeah. And, like you said, there's... Some players there that again, I think it's a little bit of that interstate thing where you might not be as across, mm. even though there's X amount of teams in Victoria that 10 teams in Victoria. I can't believe I just said X instead of 10, but 10 Victorian teams that times 40 odd players, you know, it's easy to, to miss some of those mid level mm. interstate players that you kind of oh, if you played 110, 150 games, I don't know who you are. <laughs> Um and it was really funny, one particular podcast last year they couldn't at the start of the year couldn't name the West Coast uh captain off the top of their head. They were like Shannon
1: Hearn, really? They were just
2: like, Well, you're not even sure. And it, it's not I'm, a f-
1: Can I just say I'm the president of the Shannon Hearn fan club. I adore Shannon Hearn. It
2: wasn't it wasn't a uh a high depth in detail podcast, <laughs> mind you. It was a bit more of a comedy based one, but that that that, that was the running joke about West Coast yeah. is that their fans would constantly give them crap give this these hosts crap because they couldn't they only knew like two West Coast players and couldn't remember the captain's <laughs> name, so we all saw, saw how that uh, that turned out. So, um,
1: well, yeah. where are you thinking? You said they'll finish fourth. I think yeah, one to four. Yep. I don't think we have a reason to expect a drop off from them. I don't. Not think, at all. I don't. I think their performance last year surprised people, but I don't think they overperformed.
2: I think winning the grand final was the surprise, but I don't think making it deep into year was a surprise Yeah, in the same way that they, like people joke about it, but that opera stadium having parallels, MCG.
1: Mm. Oh, it's hugely important when you think about it.
2: Even just as a mind thing, not even as a physical size thing, just purely as a, like we, people don't have to make that an issue for us and Mm. put the stress back on us because the ground sizes are different. It's purely a, we can relax because that's not something that they're going to talk about They're going to ask every player in the week before. Oh, you're going to the MCG? Like you played there three times in the last, you know, nine months. So very important. And I think um, the game that I'm looking forward to is the round three versus Richmond. I think that's going to be a really quality game to see where the top teams from last year are sitting at the moment, and, and just that high quality, really dynamic football.
1: I've got round 12 against Sydney at the SCG, Um, and this is purely because they weren't able to beat Sydney in the two home and away games they had against Mm. them last year. Um, First one, obviously, Buddy kicked the eight, and it was amazing, in that Luke Parker bicycle kick, all that stuff. And then the second one, Sydney actually didn't score for two quarters, or didn't kick a goal for two quarters, and was still able to get over the line. Um, So I'd be interested to see how that develops this year. Mm. I don't have anything else on them.
2: They've got a really like we mentioned about Collingwood, and we mentioned about um, Richmond that their injury list is really small. Yeah. Um, Obviously, Nick Matanui, we're all well aware of. Um, Josh Kennedy's got a foot issue, um, but as a test, so if not round. And they did a
1: lot without him last year, anyway. Yep. Darling, Um, I think played better without Kennedy in the team.
2: Yep. Schofields, same thing. Test again. This is all taken from from Monday, so you know by now it could be locked and loaded. Um, Andrew Gaff were well across him, mm-hmm. and Cripps with the toe injury. So again, that's a minor thing that's sort of an inconvenience. Yeah, you've still got a...
1: Red in there. You've still got all those players. Like you, Elliot Yo is a freak. Like yep. they've just got such a good list, and we, I think, don't uh, take. We don't. I think as really rabid football fans. Mm-hmm. Um, I take a lot of interest in it, but I don't think the broader non-West Coast supporting public appreciate that kind of depth they have. Like Oscar Allen looks like he's going to be a something this year. Like there's a lot going on there. And I don't think the loss of Lysette hurts them too much. They got Hickey in there who um, will be serviceable. Mal Hickey would be better than Tom Hickey. (laughs)
0: Um,
1: But do you want to talk about the dogs now just to wrap it up?
2: Yeah. Actually, there's nothing else to add on... uh... On West Coast, but yeah, we're up to... The Dogs. The Dogs. Actually, the only thing is that I'm glad that Mark Lacroix is retiring because there's a couple of one particular podcast I listen to where they make him as a French character the whole time and it shits me up the wall. So enjoy your (laughs) retirement, Mark Lecrae. You've made my life just that little bit nicer. Um, The Dogs, I have put them as um, finishing...
1: Wait, no, who's your player to watch for the Dogs?
2: Oh, I've got... uh, I'm really excited to see what Riley West can do, Scott West's son. Um, that'll be a really – again, I'm a big lover of father-son. I'm a big lover of um, tradition, the, the carrying-on tradition and, and keeping those things through a club that really is the 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 bonds that hold these sort of clubs, these traditional clubs, like your Western Bulldogs. Not that they're an original club, but a very historical club, mm. uh, hold them together and it keeps the fans through a time that's a bit darker, a bit bleaker. It keeps that – passion is going just to kind of see you know and you've obviously got Libba which we'll talk about in a bit um but yeah to see what what Rye can do and um number 26 in the draft so still a a really healthy number and you know Scott West is a bit of a bit of a name around (laughs) western suburbs.
1: I've got Aaron Norton um there's so much speculation over where he'll be played and I've anyone that knows me knows that I have a lot of strong feelings about Luke Beveridge as a coach and Mm. he was touted as this master coach in 2016 when they won the flag and since then they've been pretty abysmal. My opinion of it is not that he's a genius, that he was just throwing magnets around the board and they managed to work for that month. Um, to win that flag, and then he's continued throwing them around the board. I mean, there was all that talk about Easton Wood being a forward last year. He played, Mm -hmm. what, two games down there, and then he had to go back anyway. Now they're talking about Aaron Norton potentially being thrown forward, and the big joke being that Dale Morris tore his ACL to take it for the team so that Norton would have to stay back because Dale Morris wouldn't be there. Yeah, right. I just don't think... Beveridge is this master coach. I think he just got a bit lucky, and I know that's a really broad, st- sweeping statement when you don't know what's going on in there. But mm. I don't know. Play Bontempelli in the midfield. <laughs> like play your best midfielder in the midfield. He's a he's a guy that will kick the ball instead of just handball. it. Toby McLean has been handballing like crazy in the preseason, and yeah. he he should be kicking the ball out of congestion and he's just not doing it. Mm. Um Yeah. Anyway, Aaron Norton, <laughs> I'm interested to see how they play him this year. And if I, if he gets left in defence all year to hone his craft, I think he could really flourish this year. But my player to fall out of favour, and I guess this one probably more player under most pressure, is Tom Liberatore. Yeah,
2: I've got him down as well.
1: Yeah, he's kind of at a make or break point of his career. We all know the off... um off-field stuff that's gone on with him. He's had a couple of ACLs. He's had a few things. I think mm. he's at the point where he really needs to be showing what he's worth or they can't keep putting so much into him.
2: Yeah. He took a big hit. I'm not sure it was the first or second JLT game, but it was a much smaller player and it was just... While it was a hit and fair, it's fair play, you just kind of like... You're a bigger guy than this, this small... He's not a huge guy himself, but mm. you're kind of like, you're going to keep your feet. Yeah. you need to. But again, there's a lot of factors to play when you're reaching over for the ball, and, but it's it's the excuse I can say, hey, you just need to keep your feet. You need to be able to yeah. really... um,
1: Just strong through your hips. Yeah. I hate it when people say that, but yeah, it's true. Hmm. um expected finish I've got them 14 to 16 wouldn't be surprised if they were lower than that
2: I've got them at 16 as well unless yeah. I've said two 16s and you've noted that I've got one of them wrong
1: <laughs> I've written
2: <laughs> I know yeah. I noticed you've been writing them down I'm like I've got to print it here I can show you <laughs> at the end
1: I've written young list brash unpredictable coach a recipe for disaster <laughs> I forgot that I wrote that <laughs> <laughs>
2: yeah. they their injury list you kind of look at um Boyd's out for up to 10 weeks. Johannesson's out. Lin Jong's out.
1: Morris Dale out Dale Morris, course.
2: Liam Picken, um, and a bunch of other, you know, smaller um, smaller names. But, you know, uh, let's see. Let's see yeah. what they do.
1: Which game are you looking forward to? Uh,
2: look, the, one of the games I'm really looking forward to, I don't know. I don't know. Um, again, Bulldogs a bit like Saints. It's kind of... There's just not, nothing that I'm like, hey, I've this is a game that I've got to make sure I tune into.
1: Yeah. Um, I've just – and I know I've chosen a couple of ones against Sydney, but I've chosen round one against Sydney because they tend to match up pretty well. And even yeah. when Sydney's going well, they seem to get closer over yeah. the line against them. So I just think it would be interesting.
2: I, I, I definitely think – and it's a bit of a cop – not a cop-out, but it's easy to say round one for, for yeah. every team. but Because
1: it tells you a bit about the team as well.
2: And we know – there's still a 2016 grand final. It's, it's still burning there a bit. It still doesn't quite... Uh,
1: Did we have to talk about that?
2: Where else are we going to talk about? we we'll talk about Western <laughs> Bulldogs in Sydney. Um, but oh, look, goodness. again, there'll be a, a game much like 2016 where they just come out of the blocks and... Will, it works for them, It w- yeah. works for them. And it'll probably be against an, an Essendon or a Geelong or, or something like that and just a... Yeah,
1: or a GWS.
2: Yeah, and be kind of like... This is the Bulldogs. And that, people were saying it last year. This is the Bulldogs that we saw in 2016. But the fact that they Flashes of it,
1: brilliance amongst a bit of nothing.
2: Yeah. That's the re, there's obviously a reason that they dropped out of the finals 17 and, and then 18 as well. So, um, you know, all the best to Luke Beveridge. Oh. But um, I don't think that they're going to trouble no. too many top eight teams.
1: Well, that is our team by team.
2: Quite comprehensive. Very
1: comprehensive. We'll be back in a moment to go through some very quick predictions because it's getting late here.